Welcome to Fake Besties with Besties. I'm Tim. And I'm Mo. And we are real-life besties who have formed imaginary <laughs> friendships with notable personalities, making them our very own Fake Besties. On today's episode is one of my Fake Besties, Neil deGrasse Tyson. Superb choice. He is an astrophysicist, author, and science communicator. Um, he's hosted like a, tin, a TV miniseries-ish cosmos. A space-time odyssey. Mm-hmm. He's written books like Death by a Black Hole, Astrophysics for People in a Hurry. And he also has like a bunch of podcasts. Bunch. And he pops up everywhere telling everyone shit they need to know. <laughs> <laughs> Was that a good intro? No, that's a know. great okay. intro. That's He's All basically right. the go-to scientist of our day. <laughs> well, I mean, well, you know, one of them. It's like Bill Nye and him. You know that's what I mean? fake bestie. We'll get to that episode later preview spoiler spoiler um, so but anyway i mean the whole reason this started uh was because you were getting on to me and about getting a little diversity in my fake Di- bestie yeah, life like, especially with like diversity of like not being an actor or basketball player yeah well you know that's like, you're capable. <laughs> i'm capable of holding conversations with other people yeah you know um but uh, that, I wonder whenever I'll have a basketball fake bestie. You, that it's probably going to be, be like episode 116. That's fine. I'm totally you, okay with that. You're very aware that I know of like two. Somewhere in this country, there is a basketball player being born that will one day be my fake bestie. Be your fake bestie. You'll have Think to about keep that. listening, guys. It might be a while. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> sorry. Go on, Tim. No worries. No worries. As a writer, in my fake life, as a writer uh, who has his finger yeah, in, real life. in my real life too. And so I guess this both applies to both. Uh, but either way, I'm a writer who has a finger of the pulse of what people do not want. You know, at some point in your career, you have to coerce yourself or be coerced into writing something that would actually make money. Um, seeing as I <laughs> mostly write in a white male, Nearly 40, thinking about death genre. That's kind of my milieu, if you will. Oh, writer word. Um, I, thought, <laughs> I feel like that's a very common genre. Yeah. It's kind of all white male, <laughs> white male genre. Who, like, have death fears. Death fears. It's, it's basically the basis of... Uh, every movie. Every movie. And it's, like, my greatest sleeping pill. Yeah. <laughs> and it's the one that Mo hates. I thought the best way to write something quote-unquote commercial would be science fiction. But being a white male, nearly 40, constantly thinking about death, it had to be Uh, post-apocalyptic. That's probably the best movie that I could write, all right? It's like your Mad Maxes, your Children of Men, your Planet of the Apes, Escape from New York, WALL-E. I... First off, some of the most I have not... I have not seen WALL-E. I honestly put it in that category of, like... Men of a certain age. Yes. All tell me that I need to see it and how emotional they get. The Lego movie is also in that category. Yes. Very good point. I feel like it's something I don't know anything about the plot of Wally. It's one of those movies that's like a good prepper uh, mm-hmm. for kids. You show them this now and it's basically prepping them for their future. It's educational and entertaining. And it also, has an. The ad- Sound of Music is a good one to show them now. That's a good one for their potential future. <laughs> The whole second half. Um, either way, <laughs> either way, I started doing research on this idea that I had. But here's the deal: I hate reading. 
Um, Mo. What? Yeah, yeah, I know. It's so shocking. Uh, Mo loves reading. I mm-hmm. hate it. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Wait, reading isn't. Wait, reading doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, no. Like, look, guess what, Mo? Um, all these quote unquote books, if they're good books, they'll be movies. And think about it. You've wasted all that time and effort reading, and you'll miss out on Shut all up. this other stuff in life. No joke. One of the books that I'm reading right now. Nerd. One of them, too. Look at how <laughs> I, I can multitask. I know. I know. Being a woman. <laughs> Multitasking is our great <laughs> Um, But it's a book called Amusing Ourselves to Death. It was written in 1985, too, but it's so relevant. Um, also, The Handmaid's Tale was written in 1985. 1985, people were woke. But, no, clearly not. <laughs> Look at us now. That's also the Reagan era. So, but Good it's part. called a book, Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman. It's really, really interesting. And it's basically like how things have like shifted over the years from print to like how things are communicated. No, no, it's, like it's a weird true. parallel. Sorry, no, no, sidetrack. No, no, no. <laughs> Look, I'm with you. Okay, like there was a time when you had time to read books in your life. I'm older. My life is about efficiency because my time is running out. And that's Um, why you typically, if you do read, do it when you're pooping. That's true. Because that's the one minute I can sit down. Am I right? Um, So one of my good buddies, not named Mo, uh, that has to sit here and listen ad nauseum about my movie ideas is a guy who puts together film festivals. He coordinates them. He gets the celebrity guests. He like sets the whole thing up. He's like the Winston Wolf of film festivals. Who's Winston Wolf? Okay. Um, Winston Wolf um, <laughs> is maybe you should watch more movies, Mo, instead of get your nose out of the books, kid. Winston Wolf was the character in Pulp Fiction played by Harvey Keitel um, who oh solved all of the problems for the main characters. He's like the guy that you called. Like, say you shot a man in the head in the back of your car. I literally thought it was going to be like some like uh, film critic. Oh. When you like said film festival and everything, I 100% didn't expect it was going to be a character from freaking Paul Fiction. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Winston Wolf from the New York Whatever. Times. Whatever. Let, let's go on. Moving along. No, Sorry. But, no, no. It's fun. It's fun. Sorry. Uh, this was about 2014, uh, as the kids say. He had put together, this guy, my friend, who's like the Winston Wolf of uh, film festivals, had put together uh, the White House Student Film Festival. It was this great little festival of students, uh, film students, and then uh, also younger kids would bring their films. And uh, the celebrity guest at this event uh, was Neil deGrasse Tyson. So when I was basically spewing this movie idea to him, and he didn't want any interest in it anymore, he was kind of like, shut up about it. Your friend? My friend. He was like, look, just call this dude. He knows a little bit. He's, he could probably walk you through your little idea. You want to be good. I'm assuming you, talk to you this guy. knew who he was. Like he wasn't I was. just like, call this dude. <laughs> he knows a lot about science. That's one thing. Call this dude. It's yeah. Neil deGrasse Tyson. Yeah. It's a whole other story. <laughs> this is just how you know nonchalant my friends are. You know, they're like, call this guy. You know? Oh. Either way, so I he I made him because I'm awkward in person and in real and fake life. So I made him make the phone call, um, and he set it up. He lives in New York. He's from New York, born and raised. So he was like, "Just yeah. meet me in Manhattan." So I went down to the city, mm-hmm. and we met for dinner. 
And over the course of the dinner, after a little chit-chat, <laughs> that's Hollywood for small talk, um, I started to ask him some questions about what the earth would look like if we kind of keep at the pace we're going. You mean like completely ignoring all the warning signs of our impending doom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to admit, it was the most terrifying dinner I have ever been to. Like, I didn't even touch the charcuterie board. What? Uh, yes. Him? That's saying a lot, that I didn't touch the charcuterie board, yeah. but still sweating, okay? Yeah. There is no way in hell that people on a broad scale would want to hear this truth. It sucks. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version. Not pretty, okay? <laughs> this is not good. Super Cliff. Not, <laughs> not pretty. Not good. Maybe it's the fact that I'm a guy who freaks out in traffic, like, or when I can't get into that lane that I really want to get into, or when my phone freezes up, or the internet is kind of slow at work. Okay, but I was freaked out, and I, you would be too. I mean, we've established your other films and your fake life that you've written. Right. You describe your own white midlife crisis and pending death fears. Right. So it seems like this could be, you know, triggering <laughs> for, for your experience. Slight trigger. Slight trigger. <laughs> The thing that he's doing is he's telling me this stuff with a shrug. Yeah. I kind of feel like he's reached this level that if shit goes down, there's a group of people that I feel, I need to restart Earth. Who am I taking? These are the greatest minds and people. They gather them and they go continue the race on the other planet. He's on that level, right? So he's saying all this and like, yeah, what do I care? I'm already cast in the movie called Earth 2. You know but what I, I mean? I also feel like, I get really anxious when I think about, like, people moving and doing stuff within my state, within the United States, or, like, that people are awake in Japan when I'm right. asleep, and it's, like, a mind fucked. <laughs> like, sorry, curse word. It's fine. But, like, mind fucked is the only thing, and it freaks me out. But then when I, like, kind of look at it from, like, the earth. And even that's kind of a little freaky, but then I start to like go to like other planets and I go to the universe that we're all just like this teeny, teeny speck. We're a speck on earth. And then when you go to the universe, we're really a teeny speck. <laughs> but like, here's how I look at it is like, it makes me more comfortable to live my life for me and find happiness within it because I'm like, okay, well, if it's all this giant universe of meaningless specks, then I can just do me? Like, no. it's calming, and I feel like that's how he might be, and I feel like that's how a lot of astro... That's fine. You, you know? guys live in that world. That sounds worse to me. <laughs> I don't know if I explained that right, but that's how it is for me. No, but it is. But it's it's true. You. Clearly, no. <laughs> not surprised, but okay. Look, I, I feel like he, and maybe you, would be <laughs> a couple of people that they would want to restart Earth with, okay? I'm the leftover. Shut up. Anyway, uh... So you say that you wouldn't be in this new planet Earth, but Neil wouldn't. Supposedly I would. Yeah. Who else in your cinematic views okay. would be on this planet? I've thought about this. Ad nauseum. LeBron James. <laughs> what? And here's why. No you way. need championship <laughs> DNA to restart okay. the Earth. Okay. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Another one, because okay. she could be in anything, and she's great in it, okay? And I think in restarting the world, she'd be great in that, too. Uh, Werner Herzog? Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Okay. All right, Joy Crisp, 
who's a planetary uh, scientist. I just I'm name dropping scientists now. Okay. That's where I'm. That's where I'm. At. And then uh, Michelle Obama. Okay, that's an interesting list. You have actors. The movie or real life? That's <laughs> uh, that's interesting. Who is yours? Who is yours? I think Neil would be a good one. Oh gosh, I put it on the spot. I didn't. I've not thought about this at nauseam. So I want to make a I, list. Well, okay, well I've addressed I'm fake besties future episode with Bill Nye. So let's bring him. Okay, two heavy hitters. Uh, Bill Nye. I guess. Uh, have you heard of? Uh, Impossible Foods. It's, it's oh a, yeah, yeah 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 yeah. It the guy Patrick Brown. He's a biochemist and he's one of the founders. See there you go. That's one who would be useful. Yeah. I feel like some of my fake besties who know and learn the land and are cooks and okay. chefs and stuff. So Sean, Sean Brock would be Sean one of Brock them. would be great. And then Gabrielle Hamilton who. She's owns. Peru. I like how you say you've never thought about this, but yet you've named twice as many people as that, and they're all great, by the way. But over the course of dinner, okay, he's like telling me these things, and I think he could kind of tell that I was sinking into this pool of despair. <laughs> like I just, I had this notebook there, and I'm I was sure going to take notes. To it. <laughs> right, totally. And um, but at the same time, uh, I didn't take any notes. I was just sitting there, just being depressed. Uh, so he was like, let's just change the subject, bud. Um, but he's actually a very funny guy and a very down-to-earth guy. <laughs> uh, I think the scientist <laughs> title uh, probably scares most people off. People uh, like you. People like me. Yeah. But I learned a lot from him. But I got to tell you, he was telling me about the world of scientists. And it sounds a shitload like Hollywood. Um, you have all these people who have poured their lives into these ideas, searching for answers, right? Some things work, some things don't. One project could be seen as this little thing that makes people's lives better, or maybe just a little bit easier, and it's heralded as the greatest thing ever. But then there's this other project that could be something that everyone really, really needs, but doesn't make it out of the lab, right? Cure for cancer. It's a lot like film. The only difference being... That most scientists are working for the good of humanity, and despite what their, and on the other side of the coin, despite what their agent and producers want them to believe, filmmakers are not. Well, there are plenty of paid scientists out there. Like they're paid to give BS results. Like, okay. Okay. Movie reference. They're like the Michael Bay's of scientists. There you. <laughs> Sadly, more big budget action films are getting pushed through nowadays right? too. Is like the more. BS scientists are okay. now like okay. watching results just because they're being paid under the table by these big companies. I just can't wait for them does, to does be. Does that make like oh, a that makes film total sense. sense? That makes total sense. I to, I'm on same wavelength. Okay? okay, cool, cool, cool. Another science term, wavelength. Either way, no, you're completely right. And I'm waiting for the day where they have just like cardboard, but it's like they figure out a way to make it taste like meat. Sure. Sure. I wasn't talking food. I was talking more like medical, but whatever. Like that's going. Yeah, that's fine. You got to read a couple books. <laughs> read a couple books. I'll give you a couple books. Get up read. to my speed. Either way, our relationship is basically like this. He's my go-to guy to talk me off a ledge when I hear something on the news, <laughs> which if you are living or watching the news right now, that I talk to this guy a lot. I just feel like at 2 a.m. and like you roll over <laughs> and you're like, 
That's how I imagine it. It's just me, like me crying. In the dark. In the dark. (laughs) Just by phone light. I'm just sitting there like, Neil, please. He usually legitimizes my fear and lets me know that I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, here's the deal. I'm terrible with bad news. As much as I like to write about it, that doesn't mean I like hearing it. I think that's pretty common. I don't think anyone likes to I know. Yeah, I know. Who's the people who are like, bad news? Give it to me, bit. Yeah. My wife usually filters it to me in ways I can handle it because I'm emotionally still the age. My emotional age is basically an infant. So she has three sons under the age of five, not basically. just not just two. <laughs> no, it's not bad enough. Your wife uh, is amazing. But basically, uh, yeah, we know this. He basically legitimizes my fear. Like I might be panicking, but at least I know I'm not crazy. If that uh-huh. makes sense. No, it totally does. Yeah, I mean, look, not to get on my soapbox or anything. Let me take a step up. But I feel like. You're just being devil's advocate at this point if you don't believe in climate change, okay? I feel like you're just talking for the sake of argument. It's like me denying that I'm balding. And make no mistake about it, as anyone who has ever looked down on me can attest, I look like a friar (laughs) up there, okay? And it's only going to get worse. There's no stopping it. Little by little, year by year, this shit is going to disappear until it gets to a point where not even the spray-on hair is going to work. Do you remember when... The only polite thing to talk about with your conservative relatives was to talk about the weather. Now, just stare at those ice cubes <laughs> in the water cup. Like, I don't know. You can. You can. If, you there's, if there is a polite conversation of any relevance that you can think of to have with your conservative relatives, email us at fakebesties <laughs> at gmail.com. I do, I do and, think there is one. Oh, what? Uh, Blue Bloods. Uh, TV. TV is what we can now polite. Is that a CBS CBS show? show that you can talk about with your older older relatives. Because CBS is kept alive because of our older relatives. <laughs> I have literally, you said Blue Dude. Bloods. I have never heard of that show, but I was like, I'm sure that's a CBS show. Absolutely. Bull is another one. Okay. <laughs> yes. Dude, this is what I talk to my parents. I literally watch these shows to have But you something. don't talk weather anymore. You don't talk you weather don't talk anymore. Weather. No. It's insane. Thank so, you, CBS, so for filling the void of giving us something to talk about our CBS, conservatives. CBS, more important than ever right now in these times of need. <laughs> Just don't talk Colbert. Just don't. You got you to gotta oh, steer CBS, him before dude. you get to Colbert. But they're usually asleep before right. he comes on. All right. All right. Either way, Mo, you want to meet this guy? Yes. I think we should. About time. Here's the thing. I'm thinking me and him, we go over to LA where you are, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna go to Griffith Observatory in LA. Oh, okay. I think that's a good idea. I've never been. I hear it's great. I've seen Rebel Without a Cause. But either way, he's a big wine enthusiast, as I know you oh, are. Okay. Um you as can, I'm like sipping the bottle. <laughs> as you right sip now. champagne. Because you're thirsty. I feel like we could maybe get liquored up. Recreate that scene from La La Land where we're all dancing, you know, like they did in that movie, La La Land. Griffith Observatory, where they're doing the stars and they dance on the stars. That's there. You've never seen La La Land. I saw it, but I don't remember what you're referring to. But it's kind of the most magical point of the film. Like, yeah, why would you remember that? But (laughs) I feel like this is getting awkward now. I do like the idea of us maybe dancing all together. Yeah. If we had a La La Land moment. We'd clearly make our own because I Neil don't... Neil could be Goss. You could be Emma Stone. 
What are you? And I'm just sitting there. I'm the janitor who's dancing with a broom or something. You know what I mean? Like I feel like I'm more of a gosling. Maybe you're the gos and he's Emma Stone. And I kind of like the idea of like you kind of like being maybe like the chauffeur in the car being like. Right. <laughs> just and keep, like keeping that, time that with a snap. That cutaway like, yes. Yeah, yeah, girl. Get it. Yeah, girl. But like you're not. I mean, it's also realistic. Think of how baller it would be walking into Griffith Observatory with Neil deGrasse Tyson. That is. I like, would have never even Doors open, smoke behind us, doves <laughs> flying out. You know what I mean? It's like your royalty. Like we would get some super secret tour. Like, hey, look, this is where the aliens live. He already you know what like I mean? has like the hookup. Like, oh, there's dude. a card that he flashes that you don't even know exists. Yeah. Everything yeah, just I mean, opens up for us. This could be our whole entrance into the science world. Like we're in Science Monthly, just like throwing gang signs. There's like a degree. science paparazzi. Oh, dude, is so there? Like, who is this person? Who are these two people with Neil? Mysterious faces showing up with Neil at Griffith Observatory. What? And we're like on the this? cover, you know? Is this a real magazine? Science Monthly, right? Sure it is. I don't know. I don't read. Um, so full circle. Uh, so I like this idea. I like this like VIP. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that entrance, and then we'll end it at sunset with a dance routine between Neil and I. Yeah. So yeah, there we are. This sounds magical. This sounds magical. As magical We're gonna do as it as the vast universe that is calming to Neil and I, but not to Tim. And it makes me feel small. Just like the amount of emails that we have received about <laughs> fake besties with besties. <laughs> so if you want to up that count, go ahead and email us at fakebestieswithbesties at gmail.com. Fakebestieswithbesties at gmail.com. I feel like we're supposed to be asking people to review us on iTunes because that's what podcast people do. Oh, are you supposed to do that? Yeah. Okay, here's but the I deal. Also, yeah, sure, review us and whatever. That's fine. But I also, that's like, fine. we both just want to talk to people. Yeah, exactly. Fake besties. Like, even if you hate us, review it and then come... Sp- don't review it. Don't review it. No, Jesus don't. Him. Don't review it. No, you give good... You lie. You say it's great. You make up a... Fake, fake review. Fake love for this podcast. Yes. Be our fake friend. It's not real. Be the fake friend that we have established in all of now 39 episodes. That's right. Jeez, this went on a darker path. All I want Just you to like do the is universe. email us your fake bestie. Yeah. And it's story. It's it's so hard. You have a lot of books to read. What are you doing? Oh, shush. Okay. Fake besties at besties at gmail.com. And just remember, just because we've never met doesn't mean we can't be friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs>